Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm Helen Denham. I'm a mindset mentor for women. I really help women heal at a subconscious level first and foremost so that they can initiate radical change from a place of peace and ultimately create a life that feels like heaven on earth. This one is a solo one. We get to hang out one-on-one and I can't believe it, but this is gonna be the last solo episode of 2022. Next time we have a sit down like this, it'll be the new year and um, oh my God, (laughs) it's a lot. So we'll do a little Q and A together. I'm getting ready to pull some cards for us to check out the collective energy right now. Um, making our way into 2023 in these last couple weeks. We just came through the 1212 portal, which one of you guys asked a question about. Um, so I think we can kind of consider that that energy of self-mastery. 12 is representative of self-mastery of a cycle ending. When we think about the number 12, there are 12 signs of the zodiac, 12 months in a year, you know, 12 hours in a day. So it seems to be this number of kind of uh, a closure in a way and something for us to consider. What are we closing out as we end the year? It really is such a potent time for reflection. We get to look back on what went well, what we might change going to the next year, how we've evolved and grown and I always like to do this at like the beginning of December. I love, <laughs> love for a little reflection. And I was scrolling back through the archives of my Instagram stories. Sometimes I like to do that. I just like scroll back and see where I was one year ago to track some progress and just see energetically how things are shifting. And I went way back. <laughs> I went like to 2020 and oh my gosh, it was so funny to look back on some of my stories in 2020. I was a different person. Um, you know, and it's not that long ago, but it was, I feel like I've kind of quantum leaped since I, I was that, you know, woman in 2020, I had blonde hair. I had just left New York city. Quarantine had just begun and I was in Maine and I was doing, you know, card polls just like we're doing now, but I was doing them on my stories. And I just was looking at myself and I was like, I feel like a little kid as I look at this. Like I wanted to give myself a hug. And that felt like growth to me because in the past I might've looked at that and been really embarrassed because I was like, not that, not as confident as I am now. I had my like retainer in and I was just like, it was so cute, but I really felt like I was this like teenager in such a funny way. And I just can tell how much growth has happened in the past year, the past two years, big time. So it might be fun for you guys to go back into your own Instagram stories and just see where you were a couple of years ago and really acknowledge how far you've come. Um, I think it's really important for us to take that time once in a while to just straight up say, I've done a great job, you know, really praise yourself. And I know that that might feel like ego egotistical or maybe weird to do, but I think we need to do it more often to really acknowledge the growth cycles, all the things we've overcome, all the things we've made it through, all the things we were brave enough to face to get to another day and to get to another chapter because life is no joke. This is why we're here. We're here to have a little support group every week because we are just navigating such heaviness on a daily basis. And, um, 
I actually started this episode again because I was very emotional the first take of recording this because I just saw the news that Twitch from the Ellen show had passed away. He took his own life and it was just really devastating to see that. And so, so devastating because, you know, when someone takes their own life that they are so hurt, they're really, really hurting. And that's, that's the the saddest part about it. And, and there's also the fact that there probably wasn't enough being revealed or talked about emotionally. I'm making a big assumption in his life, but I see this as a pattern across loved ones that I've known that have passed on in this way. And just from our understanding as a collected collective of who takes their own life, it's like, there seems to be a shame around emotional expression and asking for help and understanding vulnerability that I really pray that we are able to overcome, um, as a human family in this next few years and just really champion vulnerability and sharing what we're actually going through and peeling off that mask. You know, all of us wear a mask on a daily basis. All of us struggle. Um, so just holding compassion. And I think this is a signal and a reminder to actually go out of our way to be kind. For example, just I was crossing the the street this morning to get to my car and there was um, a houseless person just kind of standing there sorting through his trash and organizing his things. And I just noticed that like, I really did a big circle to get around him. Like I didn't want to go near him. And I got in the car and I was like, you know what, Helen, he probably would have really benefited from you just looking at him and acknowledging him and not pitying him or not judging him, but just seeing him as another human being. And maybe that's more of an extreme example, but I think just simply acknowledging one another in our experience, no matter where we are with dignity um, and with compassion and just, you know, eye contact saying, I see you, I see you. I'm also here. This is also crazy for me too. Um, and I see you, you know, so that's something I really want to keep in mind as I move forward the rest of the week, you know, the people that I might try to skirt around, for example, I want to make an effort to, to look at them and to see them and to not see other in them, but to see oneness. Um, so food for thought for us, what were we, what were we talking about? Okay. We're <laughs> it's four forty-four on my clock right now. I'm a little distracted. I love that. So yeah, reflections on the last year. Exactly. So one of the things that has really helped me this last year, I feel like has been keeping promises I've made to myself and not being afraid to focus and, you know, zero in on what I want to overcome and what I want to achieve from month to month. I used to be afraid of structure. I used to be afraid of goal setting because I felt like it would trap me in only one line of thinking. And then I would lose my freedom of self, but I've found a way of marrying the mindset of discipline and freedom at the same time. So it's like when we give ourselves structure, we actually create freedom in this really interesting way because we don't stress about it in hindsight. Uh, we don't procrastinate, which prolongs suffering. We just get it done knowing that we can change our minds at any time. So that's really what I say to myself. If I, for example, I, uh, I was feeling emotional coming on to podcast this evening and you know, I was like, maybe I should just push it off till tomorrow. But I I know that I get these out every Wednesday. So I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. But I said to myself, if you want to, you can, you have permission to do that. You can, but how are you really going to feel? So I just felt into it. And I was like, 
in the long run, I'm not going to like that. I would rather show up um, in my authentic state right now and do the best that I can and get it out on time because I know that I'm going to feel better about that tomorrow. And the suffering of waiting and putting it off till tomorrow will hurt more. So <laughs> it's like the pain between two choices. Either you're going to suffer in the long run by procrastinating or just like rip the bandaid off and do it right now. So here we are. And now I'm having fun. Okay. So let's pull some cards. I've got a couple decks in front of us pulling cards for the energy for the rest of the year. Closure kind of energy, the energy of closure, what's coming through for us. So for a moment, you can even pause this and just place a hand on your heart, take a deep breath, anchor into your space and ask a question for clarity. Mm, what do we need to know? Everybody tuning in right now. caring connections. And we got that in reverse. I think this is just a total confirmation of what we were just touching on about acknowledging the people that we often consider to be other as mirrors, as one with us all having a human experience. I often like think about how many people are on this planet. Like we just reached 8 billion people on the planet. When we zoom out and we kind of visualize the globe as this breathing celestial being and all of us as like little creatures and part of nature on this planet, it makes you realize that we are part of a broader like ecosystem, how interconnected we all truly are. Um, and I think talking about mental health, the, the separation there is this illusion of separation. The issue is the illusion of separation. So just intentionally beginning to connect more to the people around you just by acknowledging it. Um, and I think one of the ways that has helped me connect more deeply is honestly just reading more, reading stories. I've been really enjoying autobiographies and reading about people's lives to feel more connected to them and to see my humanity mirrored in their experience and then vice versa, writing and sharing with you guys, um, in captions or in newsletters or whatever, in my journal, uh, just expressing ourselves through writing and just sharing our gifts more to connect to one another. That's what it's all about, right? Saying, I share your experience. All right. So caring connections, beautiful. Let's do one more from this deck. Hmm. Attachment. Okay. Speaking of closure, speaking of end of the year energy, this card of attachment is really an encourage encouragement to release attachment to outcome. In my opinion, you know, we set all these goals for ourselves going into the new year. I, I find that for myself, at least sometimes I'm scrambling to get my list done by the new year. So I can be like, okay, I close this year out in such a powerful way this year. I'm just like, relaxing. I'm just going with my natural flow. I have my systems in place for the week, for the month. I feel good. I don't, I'm not going to go crazy and be like, oh my God, I need to like run a marathon in the next two weeks. Right? So let's just release attachment to outcome, honor where we are and knowing that where we are is perfect. It's perfect because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't. We are getting exactly what we need in every single moment, guiding us toward our highest expression of self. That includes our obstacles. That includes our challenges. So recognizing the challenges that are coming in as gifts. For example, something to think about when we ask the universe for a manifestation that we're calling in, when we say, for example, I want to be a public speaker. That's on my, that's on my vision board. I want to be a public speaker. Um, so the universe gives me opportunities to 
to podcast with you guys and to get confident doing stream of consciousness thinking. I get the opportunity to teach meditation classes or host full moon circles that scare the shit out of me. I get really nervous doing the full moon circles, especially now it feels a lot better, but, um, like I had to get through those nerves of hosting my own circles and ceremonies to be, I mean, I wasn't ready to be on a stage in front of a thousand people yet. You know what I mean? So the universe is giving me little challenges in the form of teaching meditation to a big group or hosting a full moon circle or podcasting to get me ready for what I am asking for. So think about what you are calling in. Think about the manifestation that's on your vision board right now. And notice that everything coming into your life is preparing you to receive that. Every obstacle, every little mountain that you're overcoming or big mountain is giving you the necessary tools and experience to learn. There's this awesome graph that I just saw about how we best learn. And it's like, okay, one of the lessons is by like knowledge and applying knowledge. Another one is by like seeking a mentor. The third and most important one is making mistakes. So the sooner that we can embrace our beautiful imperfection and we just show up imperfectly, we take imperfect action. We just do the best that we can, but let it be what it is and keep moving forward. And just knowing that mistakes are the biggest portal to growth, you know, not intentionally making a mistake, of course, but like just being okay with your natural output and knowing that there really are no accidents, there are no mistakes, it's all a lesson. Popping in for a moment to chat with you guys about my private one-on-one mentorship series. This is a two-month-long container with me where we meet on a weekly basis, and it's for the woman who is really ready to initiate big change in her life. If you've set the intention to make a shift and move forward in a big way in your life, but you don't really know how to bring that vision into focus, I understand that feeling. I've been there. I've felt that confusion, that anxiety, lack of direction, and I've learned how to alchemize that discomfort and to change my life completely, which is why I'm here to show you how to do it and give you the tools that helped me completely change my life so that it feels more like heaven on earth and less like this daily struggle. So if you have been feeling like you're struggling with negative self-talk and confidence, if you've been feeling stagnant in your personal evolution, if you need help navigating a major transition in your life, maybe you want to launch a soul-led business but don't know where to start, this is the container for you. This is where I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to get you to a new paradigm in two months. And changing our lives really means changing our understanding of self, which is why we're going to be doing deep subconscious work together. We're going to be instilling new habits and beliefs that support your new paradigm. And we're clearing out the old ones that don't support that highest self that you are aligning with and calling in. At the end of the day, you are the guru and we're just activating that intrinsic part of you. So if you feel like this is in alignment for you and this is really what you need, especially in this new year, just head over to HelenDenham.com. You will see where you can learn all about the mentorship and you can book a completely free, non-committal, free power session with me for 30 minutes where we can get to know each other and decide if this is the right course of action for you. All right. Thank you so much for listening and back to the episode. So hopefully you guys can relate to that and you can feel some kind of mirroring in your own life, but releasing attachment to outcome, taking imperfect action and just easing into these last two weeks and releasing any kind of pressure that you've put on yourself. The new year feels like birthdays sometimes, you know, it's like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to achieve all of the things we said we would by the next marker of age or the next new year. So 
Let's just take a nice deep inhale and exhale that right out, right? There is no pressure. You know, there's so many, so many people having their own experiences and we're all just worried about what we're doing. So we're all in our own lanes here, you know, like it's just you and you at the end of the day, if you're putting pressure on yourself, you know, just remember that ease up, ease up on yourself. Okay. We're going to pull from the Archeo deck here. Let's see what comes in. Mm, illuminator. Ooh. Okay. This is for my light workers. This is for my fellow coaches and mentors, and just anybody who is sharing their voice in devotion to love and into a higher frequency. Sometimes it's difficult to say this stuff without it sounding kind of corny, but I think you know what I mean. The card here is literally a sun on top of a lighthouse, you know, so acknowledging your gifts as an act of service, the more that you let your light shine, the more you keep speaking love into the collective, the lighter everybody gets to feel. Remembering how much of an impact you truly have on the people around you. You know, everything is energy. You know how you can feel when someone walks into a room and they are sad or and they're in a bad mood and that becomes infectious. It's the same thing with holding a lighter frequency. When you walk into a room and your head is held high, you have a smile on your face, your heart is open, you're warm. People feel that and it can change somebody's day and it can change their life. I'm not even kidding. You just don't don't underestimate the impact that you truly have on the people around you. Your voice is so valuable. You matter. So there's this, this is beautiful yin to the yang, right? So there's this individual experience of self-reliance and just it being like you and you at the end of the day. And then there is the tapped in tuned in connection to the collective in which we are all affecting one another. So marrying those two, you know, getting out of, I think your head at the end of the day and into the heart space, shifting your mindset to get closer to your heart. I like that little tagline. Okay. That's from our Archeo deck. We'll do one more from our work your light deck here. What is the energy? Okay. Here we go. Pillar of light. Okay. We just got another confirmation here. Just owning your role as a lighthouse. With everything that you're sharing, with every conversation that you're having, every email that you send, every time you show up on a Zoom call with your coworkers or something, being the lighthouse, holding that frequency, um, this is just another confirmation of that. Your vibration is rising. You are the oracle. So mm -hmm, another confirmation there. I just love that. Sometimes we need that simple reminder of just accelerated lightness and to prioritize that and to activate that switch, you know, especially if you've been feeling stagnant, just intentionally activating that switch into a lighter frequency. Okay. And then we have transformation. Things are changing at a cellular level. Deep healing is taking place. This is like priestess, ancient Egyptian energy. This beautiful card is showing like DNA transforming radiance coming out of the back of this, um, this beautiful goddess. So mm -hmm, transformation, things are changing at a cellular level. Yeah. So just recognizing where you feel that in your bones and in your soul, what do you feel is changing and naming it, labeling it a big part of mindfulness and a, a practice that we can do while we're sitting in meditation is to allow the thoughts to pass like clouds, right? And each time we feel and witness a thought passing through labeling it, 
giving the thought a name. Uh, and oftentimes it's associated with an emotion. What am I feeling right now? Am I feeling focus? Am I feeling community or am I feeling stuck? Am I feeling clear? Like just labeling what comes through to like get a little bit of a, a sharper focus on what your experience is really uh, like at the moment and deciding where you want to make changes and intervene. Um, just because of the cyclical nature of life, when we think about transformation and we think about subconscious healing and kind of interjecting in there, there can be this break in the chain, but that has to happen very intentionally. It's usually something that we implement, like a tool that we implement or a habit change or just a new way of living that's very tangible that we plop right in the middle of that circuit to break it and to create a new circuit. So we can do that at any time. And oftentimes things will catalyze us into transformation. And to be honest, it happens a lot in the midst of challenge. I mean, think about the biggest like glow ups that you've had or the biggest like level ups in your life. When I think back on mine, they've been painful, you know, on the heels of a breakup, I have stepped into my power, for example, um, leaving Topanga in such a traumatic situation led me here to this sanctuary of solitude where I'm being challenged to hone in on my skills more, to write more, to create more. And I can see that there's, there was a deeper meaning and a reason for me to leave California, which I'm still coming to terms with, which we can talk about a little bit more later on too, but just noticing what is, is a catalyst for your transformation and embracing the challenges as they come and entering that, that portal with curiosity and acknowledging that it's there for a reason to help you, to help you. All right. Okay. Final card here. I wonder if you can hear, hear that shuffling. Okay. Soul family call in your tribe. You do not have to do this alone. You do not have to do this alone. Yes. Finding community. Mm -hmm. And I'll just mention too, if you guys have been feeling called to just deepen your experience in sisterhood, join us on the full moon. I host full moon circles every month. So come on in there. It's just a time where we can more deeply understand our experience at the, at the present moment. We do journaling, we do visualization meditations, and we really just get to be together. And there's something about all of us, like showing up on camera when oftentimes like on zooms these days, we don't see each other's faces a lot in, in real time. Um, so that's a really beautiful opportunity to more deeply connect with your soul family and sisterhood there. So calling in your tribe, getting specific too, like when we're manifesting partners, for example, you can manifest your community in the same way, like write down a bullet point list in your journal about what your ideal community looks and feels like. How do you feel around these people? What are you learning together as a group? Um, what needs to change in your life to bring you closer to these people and then actively beginning to seek them out. Okay. Let's do a little shifty shift into our Q and a segment. Thank you guys for sending in your questions and uh, anytime, you know, if you have a question that you want answered in a solo episode, just DM me. I'll, I will talk about it, honey. Okay. First question. Mm, okay. Tips for spending new year's Eve alone. 
I have spent New Year's Eve alone many a time. One of my fondest memories of New Year's Eve, actually, it wasn't totally alone, but I was alone. Like I didn't have plans. Like I didn't, you know, no parties going on, nothing going on there. Um, And I was in Brooklyn and I just wanted to call in the new year with intentionality though. So I just went to um, a meditation class where we were doing journaling. We were like burning papers with, you know, a list of what we were letting go of as a collective, we were celebrating each other in this circle, um, to, to release and let go of the last year we were standing up and reading poetry. That was a spur of the moment, last minute plan to, um, seek out a meditation group for that evening. So that even though I was alone, like I really didn't talk to many people, if anyone, I was just there, um, just to, just to be with a group calling in the new year. But that's just an idea. If you're spending it alone right now, but you would like to be in community, check out what, um, what circles and ceremonies are happening around you and do not be afraid to go alone because most people are going alone to those things. Those are like magnets. Those circles and ceremonies are like magnets to people who want to go inward to welcome in a new year, um, and really do that soul work. So don't be afraid to show up alone to those kinds of things. Cause most people go alone. Um, but if you're going to be at home and you're going to be spending New Year's Eve alone, I really have just been so in tune with this theme of romanticizing our lives. So if I was spending New Year's Eve alone, which I totally might this year, I don't know what my plans are going to look like, but I would be lighting candles. I would be listening to really beautiful, meaning, meaningful music right now. Music is hitting a chord with me, <laughs> pun, pun not intended. It's really been hitting an interesting point because I am so freaking hypersensitive that I don't listen to music a lot because I have to be in the right space to feel it because I will cry. Like music just really moves me deeply. So I really can't listen to music unless I'm like ready to have an emotional breakthrough because music really does something to us. It's a form of healing. So I would be very intentional about like maybe putting together like a sound bath and I would be laying down in Shavasana on my yoga mat and just soaking in music to welcome in the new year like that. Um, And I would also do like a walk and talk into my voice notes on my phone. That's one of my favorite ways to purge and to manifest. So what I mean by this is I will just like take a walk um, just around the block or on the beach somewhere in nature. And I will speak anything and everything into my voice notes on my phone to just like unload it, to let it live somewhere else outside of the body. And then I will speak into existence what I'm calling in. It's like future self scripting, but using your voice notes to do it. So I would just make a fun little like itinerary for yourself. Like what would be so nourishing for your soul for new year's Eve. And, um, I know the beautiful person asking this question, and I know that you love nature and connecting with your ancestors and your spirit team. I know that this is a sacred time of solitude for you and for so many of us. So really honoring that. But I would say it always helps me to feel better to have like a list, you know, of, of something to follow, kind of a structure to lean into and just picking and choosing from that list as the, as the evening goes on, what would, what would feel really good for you. And then I would do like a full, not Oracle card, like full tarot card layout and just like really look at it. I did one the other night and I do that. I do a lot of like Oracle card pulling, but I rarely do like full tarot spread. Tarot seems to be like a level two. Um, and that tarot card pull was so revealing. So I would, totally do that. Do a sound bath, get out in nature during the day. And, oh, also maybe make some art. 
like whether it's painting or drawing or making a piece of pottery, something that you can look back on and be like, I created that going into 2023. This is where I was at this time. Um, a physical representation of this last year where you are, you know what, now I'm getting some ideas. I might go and get a tattoo. Who knows? <laughs> I've been meaning to get another little tattoo on my fingers. Okay. Let's move on. Shall we? What books are you loving right now? Love this. Okay. So the books, I have different books for different purposes. You know, of course we've got the self-mastery like healing books. Um, and from those, I have been really enjoying this book that I just started the other night. It's called Tuesdays with Maury. I've picked up so many books from thrift stores recently. This is such a sweet, short, beautiful book about, um, a student and his teacher who becomes a mentor later in life. And the teacher was his sociology teacher in college. And the teacher is diagnosed with ALS. So he takes the opportunity at the end of his life to teach about death and dying in his class. And this is, this is, this book is written from the perspective of the student and what he learns from his beloved professor and mentor at the end of life and how to pass with dignity, how to embrace the cycle of being human and aging and leaning into age without shame, um, with honor and honoring all the wisdom that you've acquired and also being humbled by the limitations of the body. So I've been really enjoying that book. And what else have I been reading? Um, on the flip side, speaking of like adventure stories, <laughs> I was obsessed with the book Endurance, Ernest Shackleton's story with his crew in Antarctica, where their ship was stranded in Antarctica. Yep. In the middle of nowhere, um, like way before they could really receive any help out there. They were the first pioneers into the South Pole. So it's an incredible adventure story. If you, I loved it on audiobook. The narrator who does this, this book endurance on audio is incredible. So if you're down for like a road trip or you just have like a stretch of time where you can listen to an audiobook, it is one of the best adventure stories ever. I am obsessed with historical nonfiction. I just absolutely love stories of people overcoming hardship. So another one that I really loved was Unbroken, um, Unbroken about Louis Zamperini, um, the Olympic track star who went into the war, then became a prisoner of war, survived on a raft for like 40 days when the plane went down, just the craziest story. So I just love historical nonfiction adventure stories. Um, and just hearing about how people overcome that and the mental resilience it takes to get through something like that. And I'm also reading Bob Dylan's book right now, his autobiography, which is just such an interesting insight into what New York City was like in the 60s. I don't know if I would totally recommend this one unless you're familiar with the 60s, because he mentions a lot of people like in the first quarter of the book that I just don't know who they are, but they were like, you know, instrumental figures in the 60s, like pop culture scene. But it's also... I do like the book because it's a little slower paced, you know, you know how things are these days. We could just go so fast with our consumption and media and everything. And the way that he writes, like he'll talk about one idea for like four pages at a time. And he really reflects on the people that he's lived with these interesting characters that remind me so much of my own experience living in Brooklyn with all these kind of wacky, creative, amazing artists and all the funny, weird things that happened and kind of the grunginess and the grit of living in New York city and the hustle that it takes to get 
on a stage there. So it really reminds me of being a performer in New York and um, what I had to do to get on a stage and who I needed to talk to and the rehearsals and getting ready to do that and, you know, performing in kind of an empty bar and the smell and the lights and the streets and everything. Cause so much of what he mentions, like being in the East village and the West village, I know exactly what he's talking about. So it's a very nostalgic thing for me to read. And if you guys like New York city, you might like that one. Um, but also my, oh, I was having this conversation with my sister and her boyfriend last night, we were just talking about how different, like the, the icons of the music industry were in like the sixties around Woodstock and how different they are today. And back then, like a lot of the artists were kind of political activists, you know, and there were kind of a select few. It was like Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, all these people, you know, kind of leading the, like the thought leaders of the time. And there were maybe like 10, you know, and to get famous, to really get recognition, you had to get on the radio um, and you needed to get press and you kind of needed to pay to play. I even remember reading about Bob Marley, um, you know, having to pay money to the, the DJs at the radio stations. And there was a whole kind of like behind the scenes, like gambling situation, not gambling, but, um, you know, bidding situation to get your songs played on the radio. It was like totally different than it is today. Cause radio is kind of non-existent now. It's all about getting on a Spotify playlist and anybody can be an artist. So we have so many more options nowadays. Um, but it's interesting to read about Bob Dylan and his association to creating in, you know, in the midst of all these big political movements going on, like the Iron Curtain and um, off coming out of the Vietnam War and witnessing all of his uncles come back from the war, for example. So just such a different time. And I think it's really important to read stories like this and to take a peek back into history and keep it alive, because if we don't learn lessons from history, it's going to repeat itself. Um, that just seems to happen. So <laughs> I think especially now there's so much going on in our world around, uh, you know, anti-Semitism, for example, for, you know, people of color coming out and speaking and being in the spotlight and just having their stories heard and honored. And we look at the, the survivors, for example, of world war two, all these amazing Jewish people and survivors of world war two, they're, they're aging out. They're slowly starting to like, we have very few of them left and living to tell their stories. So I think it's important to keep those stories alive and to understand how real that was and how, you know, a. uh, a community, a country can get gripped by a narrative that can sometimes be extremely dangerous. And that's why I think, you know, talking about Trump, talking about Kanye West, even Elon Musk, just like the powerhouses that exist right now, they're not to be underestimated, you know? So I think it's important. I know it's like uncomfortable to get involved in politics sometimes and we don't want to talk about it, but like, I think it's important that we express our views sometimes and lead toward love and unity and making sure that we're taking care of each other. And we don't let these psychopaths get into office, not to get so political um, and not to label people as psychopaths. But you know what I mean? It's like just taking a look back at history. World War II, the Holocaust was not that long ago. It was less than a hundred years ago. It's fucking insane that that happened. And we cannot let anything like that ever happen again. And, you know, so let's talk about it. Let's have these conversations that are uncomfortable. Okay. So anyways, that's what I'm learning from Bob Dylan. And one of the most life-changing books on, on that, on that note, well, I've read so many books that have changed my life, you know, and, and depending on where I am and what phase, like a particular book can be like a mini awakening. 
Okay. Speaking of that, I will say, maybe I've mentioned this before to you guys, the first book that really got me curious about consciousness and existing as souls beyond the body and of the body, but not the body itself was a book called on a slide of light. And it's like a rare book. Oh my gosh. I think my dad tried to get like the last copy. It's not circulated so much anymore, but I'm going to try to get a few copies just to have this book was given to me by my uncle. His friend was a professor, I think of psychology and she had written this book about, I think it was her mother's experience with like channeling for the first time way before any of us were talking about this, but, um, the woman in this book, it's a, it's a true, you know, it's a true account of the events that unfolded, but she's, she was like a, a real estate agent or an accountant. I haven't read the book in a while, but she was working like a normal nine to five kind of office job. And she would have these episodes where she would all of a sudden fall asleep and then she'd wake up and she'd look at the clock and it would be like hours had passed and she wouldn't have, she wouldn't know what had happened. She would just like all of a sudden wake up and be like, what the heck just happened? And her husband, it would happen often. And her husband started to document what was happening and she was going into trance state and he was able to communicate with her and she was meeting with extra dimensional beings like the Arcturians and um, most particularly the Arcturians and having these amazing experiences uh, in the astral realms as she was leaving her body and he was recording it. So it's like an account of everything that happened there. Reminds me a lot of Dolores Cannon's work, but that got me really interested in thinking about not only playing around with the astral world, the dream world, but also like near-death experiences. What happens when we die? Like what's going on here? Quantum leaping, you know, multiverses, all these different theories. And that, I think I read that when I was like 16 years old. So it just like something was seated within me from, from that point on. So on a slide of light, I loved that book. And, um, yeah, you know, the classics, of course, Michael Singer, Eckhart Tolle, Louise Hay, you can heal your life that, you know what Louise Hay is like the OG. If you guys don't have that book, you can heal your life by Louise Hay. I would highly recommend it because there's so many journal prompts and like literal tools to apply to your life that I actually use in a lot of my sessions and meditations. Like I pull from her book. So definitely that's something that we should all have on our nightstands. Right. And then my favorite poet is David white. I have his book of essays nearby at all times. I just love him so, so much. So those are some of my, some of my reading recently. Okay. And then how do you practice loving yourself more deeply on a daily basis? Yes. And uh, the other question kind of that goes along with this is the importance of loving yourself. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, let me just, let me just give you a little rundown about how I, I behave on a daily basis, how I speak to myself. First of all, I do not use negative reinforcement in any way. If I make a mistake or I screw up in some way, I don't tell myself that I'm a terrible person or that I like you know, I'm worthless or anything like that. Like I might've done in my early twenties, like in my teenage years that led to depression. Do not do that. I say, Hey, what's going on here? What are the facts? What do we need to know to remedy to remedy this? I love you. It's okay to make mistakes. What needs to change here? And how can we do this differently next time? And then really taking radical self-responsibility for what's gone on and, and then make a shift when, when, and if that does happen. Okay. Like very literal example, I left a candle burning. Oh my God, you guys, I left a candle burning last night and I didn't realize it. And I came home and the candle was burning and it was very close to the Christmas tree. And I 
freaked out. Like, and I was like, Helen denim Reed, you cannot do this, but I did not beat myself up. I didn't tell myself, Oh my God, you're so stupid. You just, what, what are you doing? Like cancel clearly. I was just like, Hey, what can we make sure happens so that this never happens again, you know, so that you're safe so that this never, ever happens again. So you know, I apply that same logic of just gentle parenting with ourselves, right? Like throughout every circumstance in the day. Secondly, just on a more basic level, when I wake up in the morning, like the most important part of my morning routine is getting sunlight and just outside and breathing that fresh air, or at least sitting in the window to get some sunlight first thing in the morning, just reconnecting with nature. When I look in the mirror, I always say, I love you. I love you so much. You're so beautiful. You're so kind. I love you so much. You're doing a great job. And I make eye contact with myself. And also speaking of mirror work, when we're speaking affirmations or speaking to ourselves positively in the mirror, it helps to um, speak like you're talking to yourself from someone else. Like, Helen, you are amazing. Helen, you are so powerful. Helen, you are so prosperous and worthy of all these blessings. You know, you are. Because when we're doing subconscious reprogramming, oftentimes, we pick up belief systems from our parents or our you know, teachers or something saying, you can't do this or you're not good enough. So to reprogram that, we need to use the same kind of language and verbiage and flip it on its head. So that's why it's powerful to say, you are amazing when we're talking to ourselves in the mirror. So when I, I always, anytime I catch myself in the mirror, I'm saying, I love you. You're doing such a great job. And I'll give myself a hug and just have a little moment. So positive self-talk always. Um, and just along with that, like we were talking about earlier, just honoring my humanity, like honoring, like it's okay. If I'm having an off day, it's okay. If I'm not as productive some days, it's okay. Like if I have a a weird moment or I snap in some way, or we're all human, you know, even though I'm a mentor, even though I'm an emotional empowerment, you know, teacher and all these things, like we are all human, you know, so teaching and learning from experience and just honoring that, we don't have to be on and like at our highest vibrational state all the time, you know? So honoring the ebbs and flows of that, the yin to the yang and just doing the best that we can and, you know, improving at the best rate that we can. And my other note here is living in service and devotion. So I feel most fulfilled now because I feel like I'm really being of service to you all. I hope that I am, um, when I'm showing up in any way, you know, any kind of newsletter, Instagram post, podcast, my intention is to be of service and in devotion to love to you all and for you all. So just having that be my intention has made me feel so much better about life in general, that it's bigger than me, that it's beyond me. It's not all about me. You know, it gets me out of my head. And, um, let's see, finally, Oh yeah. I wanted to mention this tip that I've been doing to focus my memory, to review my day every night before I go to bed. This is a great memory exercise. And if you struggle with sleep, this really helps. I review my day by step-by-step in as much detail as I possibly can, as I'm about to go to sleep, I will start with what exactly did I do when I woke up? Where did I go? What did I do? What did I say? Who did I communicate with? I completely review the day and you will be amazed at how much we forget on a daily basis when we don't do this. So this is great just for strengthening our brain health and sharpening our memory, our focus. Um, it is a really, really good exercise for mind, mind, body, spirit health. (laughs) So reviewing your day. And then Oh, you know what? Recently I got a little Oracle card deck with yoga poses. So, um, 
just before I go to bed, like if I'm watching a YouTube video or I'm watching like a masterclass or something, I will get my yoga mat out and I'll just do some stretching and I'll pull cards from this deck to give me my next pose. And then I'll hold that pose for a little while, but just really gentle stretching is so helpful because we're all sitting right all day. And like we're at our computers and our backs get hunched. So just doing a little cat cow at the end of the day, that is so good. Just like any kind of stretching, like one minute of stretching is so much better than no stretching at all. Right. It like really, really makes a difference. So yeah, hopefully that helps. That's how I'm, I'm practicing self-care in the moment right now. Just yes, lots of ease. And also, you know, one more thing on that is like doing the hard thing. Even if it doesn't feel good, like I said, getting onto this podcast today was a little, a little challenging, but uh, this is doing the hard thing. So when I get off of this and when I wrap this, I'm going to feel so proud of myself. I'm going to feel so proud of myself. And that's going to feel so much better than procrastinating and putting it off and then getting down on myself. So keeping promises to ourselves uh, is really impactful and it doesn't have to be this pressure, but just like playing the long game, right? Like looking ahead into the future and being like, how am I going to feel about this tomorrow versus if I didn't do this? Like, just do it. Just do the hard thing. You're going to really thank yourself for it. And once you're in it, it feels so much easier. My mom always used to say when we were doing homework as kids, my sister and I, she would, she'd be like, just sit in front of it and set the timer for five minutes. You don't even have to do it. Just sit in front of it. And when we sat in front of it, we would just, we would just do it because it was right there. So setting yourself up in environments that will serve your practices and your habits. And oh, here I go on another little tangent, but for example, I've been getting outside more and running more regularly. And like, I'm not usually like a runner or a jogger, but I'm like, it's getting cold, very cold in Maine. And if I don't intentionally get outside every day, like I could stay in my place all day and not leave the house. So I need to get outside. So it's been very helpful for me to just already have my running bag out, my clothes all ready to go. I know exactly what I'm going to wear. I know that I'm going to listen to the New York times podcast in the morning and a comedy podcast in the morning. So I look forward to that. And like, I just listen as I walk and I look for That's like my reward is that I get to listen to my favorite podcasts as I go on a walk. Um, yes, it really helps my confidence too. I feel like, and just makes me feel like more of an active participant in society to be up to date on like what's going on in the world. And I know that this is like a kind of a fine line because we don't want to be tapping into the fear-based collective, right? But I find that it's also very important for us to have a logical sense of what's going on in the world, like what current events are happening, what's happening in other countries, how is the world changing and evolving without tapping into the fear, but just looking at it, being like, okay, this is real, not pulling the blanket over our eyes. We can still lead really happy, positive, fulfilling lives. Um, but staying up to date on current events uh, is is important for me. Um and um, I've been weirdly having this kind of desire to get more involved in politics, like not now, but like in my 40s, I could see I could see something politically happening. I just really like it. I love I love um, foreign relations and just knowing what's going on in the world. It makes me feel connected. So on that note, it's like funny because I was just going to say like not tapping into fear in any way. Like I don't listen to music that has fear-based or terrible lyrics in it. I don't watch, I never watch a horror film. I try not to watch anything that's going to throw my nervous system out of whack. So prioritizing safety at all times, like uh, for my nervous system. So I feel really calm, but also being up to date, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, okay guys, I think I'm going to wrap it there. Um, 
yeah. And I'm going to go have some dinner. I'm going to make a beautiful curry this evening, a panang curry with like squash and zucchini and peppers, coconut milk, and some rice. And I need to go to target to get some um, pimple patches. So that is what I'm going to go do. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for being here and for being with me and, um, just sending you a big virtual hug and I will see you on the flip side. And we've got some amazing guests coming up uh, in the coming weeks. So have a beautiful holiday with your family. And if you're celebrating and just know, please remember how loved you are and that I'm always here for you. And I truly, truly mean that. I'm not just saying that. I'm not just throwing that out there. If anything comes up and you're like, I don't know who can handle this or who I can talk to about this, send me a voice note on Instagram or something. You know, I just really want you guys to deeply understand that I'm here for you uh, and you are not alone. Okay. All right. Have a gorgeous evening. I love you. Talk to you soon. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And as always, everything mentioned is linked in the description below. And final note on my end is that I'm running full moon circles every month, which is so exciting. It's the perfect opportunity for us to come together as sisters and community as we navigate the different cosmic energies at play. So I'll take us through an oracle card reading, we'll do journal prompts together, and then I'll take you through a guided hypno journey, which is like a beautiful visualization journey for about 30 minutes. So come in your comfy clothes, light a candle, bring your journal, and just get ready to have a really nice time together. Um, I'll leave the link in the description below for the next one. And if you have any questions or just want to chat and get in touch, I'm on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore and at the lifted podcast. Okay. Thank you so much for being here and I will talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.